I know things you never see. You never see someone taking a shit while running at full speed. Come on, kid, get rid of some of them turds in the shit box. Welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast with me, Rab himself. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Rab from the Bathroom Break Podcast. Just wanted to take a minute to thank you all for listening to the podcast. It's been a lot of fun to sit down with some really interesting people and shoot the shit, you know, talk all that poop and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we want to try and make this thing better for you, so we're going to need to raise some funds. If you head over to greengate.bigcartel.com, there's a donation link there. If you feel so inclined to donate to the Bathroom Break Podcast, awesome. If not, sit back and listen. We're going to talk some crap. Oh, uh, go see the uh, biggest little farmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So, uh, is that playing everywhere, or like, is that's it? It's playing in Australia. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. Uh, soon, I guess. What's today? Today's end of May. Uh, yeah, it starts playing. Um, what in is June. today? The twenty sixth or seventh? Yeah. Something? Yeah. Damn. So okay. So it starts yeah. playing in June in, yeah. in Australia, and then is it gonna go like kind of worldwide or? Uh, I mean that is kind of worldwide. Yeah. So. I guess it's in, I think, 500 theaters right now oh, around damn. the United States. Yeah. And then from what I know, in June, it opens in, I think, like... UK and Australia. A bunch of different countries, stuff. yeah. Damn, that's rad. I don't want to give the wrong info because I don't know where, but I think it's something like be, 18 or 20 right. countries or something like that. <laughs> and then it, in as UK long as it does like, well. what about me? <laughs> <laughs> what about this country over here? <laughs> yeah, so so g- tell me a little bit about that. Um, the, the movie's called The Biggest Little Farm. Yeah. And uh, I just saw it the other day, and it's incredible. And, uh, it, it, I mean, it's it's a crazy story, like, from start to finish. And, and it really, like, rounds it out nicely. Because yeah. it starts off like, whoa, shit. And then it kind of ends like, oh, man. Like, kind of the it bookends it a little bit. But but in between, it's it's a crazy cool story about it. And I just wanted to hear a little bit of your experience about it. Because you're, you're uh, one of the cinematographers for the movie. Yeah. So you you went out there and yeah i uh yeah so I, I man i think we were hanging out around the time that i got the call to go out there and for me i was i, I like just looked at my email and i was like nope probably not like <laughs> <laughs> nope. to be perfectly honest i mean I, as you know like i have been traveling for probably four years five years straight yeah and having a ton of fun on the road shooting these documentaries and this was like this email, you know, it was like, Hey, we were looking for a guy to somebody to move on to this farm. And, you know, we're making this movie. It's about farm animals. Um, blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. like, you know, I read it and I was when like, I think of farm animals. I think man, of you, Benji. And I had <laughs> turned so many things down just because like, I just love traveling so much and I was having so much fun doing that. Yeah. And I knew that that would put, like put a stop to it temporarily for a few months cuz they were looking for somebody to move onto the farm for 4 months. Yeah. And then I read uh it's this film is going to be a mix of uh Planet Earth mixed with Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah, that's right. And that's what got me. And I was like, damn, that sounds cool. Like Yeah, okay. and dude, the, some of the shots in there are pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I like I'll get more into asking you like what cameras you were shooting on like what lenses and some of that stuff but it was like Mm -hmm. it was like that planet earth feel of like i mean some of the time lapses at night were amazing and then some of those just like macro shots of like hummingbirds and things i was just like damn you know blown away by it yeah beautiful and then and then but there's so many different like formats because throughout it it's like 
it's also like home video feel on some parts like yeah. oh man like you know somebody grabbed a camera when something was going down and you're like damn this part is a part of the story and there i mean it's it's a pretty pretty amazing story all the way through from start to finish at first you're kind of panicked when you first mm -hmm. see what's happening then you get the heartfelt like kind of fall in love with with the people and with their vision and and what's happening there and then you know there's heartache with other stuff with the, the, the one guy and then um, uh -huh. don't want to give it away but you know there, there's so much kind of yeah. um, emotional stuff that you go through on, on the ride of that of that whole yeah story. the story arc's kind of crazy there's like three or four of them in it um and then between the animals as well so yeah so like i was saying when i moved onto the farm i ended up taking the job obviously and then yeah. moved into a trailer on the farm <laughs> and and i didn't tell anybody uh anybody that was like employing me full-time almost at that time i just didn't tell them just was like, in case you want just in case yeah i was like <laughs> yeah. just in case you know i need to like <laughs> escape uh no that wasn't the plan at all i was gonna stick it through and i was pretty happy with that decision um there were a few times where i was like living in this trailer and it was uh i think during the time i was shooting cows take shits for about a week because we had to get these <laughs> macro shots of poop yeah and then show flies landing in it and then laying their eggs which then turn into like yeah, these little yeah, maggots yeah. you probably saw I, some yeah, of those that. shots <laughs> uh that was like a week-long thing that i was doing <laughs> yeah and not only that but like the whole film first of all john chester is like a genius he's the guy uh, who owns the or owns the farm um he was the director mm -hmm. uh the whole thing was his vision so like everything had to be shot uh in the morning or at night when it was all backlit perfectly like golden hour times yeah even the poop shots you know so it was like wake up early like go out yeah. into the field like it, it was probably pretty funny the behind the scenes thing would be pretty great to like see me with all this camera gear and like just poaching cows shitting you know? <laughs> <laughs> like here it comes they're assholes open and like running across the field like dodging cow pies you know with like yeah. all these cameras and gear to like get in there quick because like it all happens like in a brief second you know the flies yeah. land and they land and then and then there's like these little maggots that come out and like it's crazy because he set up on a macro lens or on a probe lens which is another crazy lens we were using yeah and you're just right in there with it and you're like oh my god that's what happens when flies land on things you know yeah and it freaks you out because you're like what happens if a fly lands on my steak or like you know <laughs> gross. they're laying yeah. that like within seconds is that really what Ew. you know yeah so yeah like i said i didn't tell anybody i was just i just went on i started doing it i got the job and it was a ton of fun it was like waking up early and hanging out with animals every day yeah and the idea was to figure out what the story was with the animals. Okay. Um, uh, not that it'll give it away, but I'm sure everybody loves Emma. Yeah, Emma you know? the pig. Yeah, like that yeah. is like Asha's in love. Like we actually had bacon that morning and she was like, I feel so horrible. Like yeah. I ate Emma. And I was like, technically you ate Emma's kids because Emma hung around yeah. and the kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, no. Um, I mean – to give an idea of the story too like i heard a story from you once about how when you first got there like when you started eating the food there oh yeah like i wanted to hear oh, about dude, that was trippy it was uh so i was lucky enough to be on the meal plan which not everybody there is on the meal plan so it's kind of a special thing yeah um meaning so that you get to eat there i get to eat the food that is grown on the farm cool um so Molly, John's wife, the other co-owner of the farm, yeah. who also had the idea to, to build this place, she's a chef, and she wanted to build 
a farm that provided the most like healthy, natural, biodynamic, a step above organic food possible in the right. most traditional way. And so the farm, uh, that's what it grows. And so, you know, me being like decently healthy, you yeah. know, like I eat pretty good. I thought like organic food. Right. Uh, I mean, I've been working on projects where I see, you know, farms and what kind of stuff they put on the on the crops and everything. So I'm pretty well aware. Uh, but when I got onto the farm and onto the meal plan, I was sick for like two weeks. Just like from... just stomach sick. And I was like, what is going on? You know, yeah. I was like running back to my trailer like throughout the day to like what was let it? one out i clogged that toilet so many times <laughs> for one it's not only my fault because of the trailers like toilet right, didn't right, work right. great but also it was uh the probiotics in the food were so like they're so nutrient rich with yeah. probiotics that uh it actually made me sick like my body was reacclimating to healthy food that's crazy because I it makes you think like your stomach got used to all this bad stuff and it just fights the bad stuff so bad that when like healthy good stuff goes in they're like whoa whoa what's this yeah <laughs> you know like no that's exactly what it was yeah, yeah yeah I mean your gut is so used to putting whatever it is that you put into it <laughs> that it's like yeah more Dr Pepper you know like all right like sugar bring on the dew bring it on yeah it's like whatever you put into it it's just like acclimated to that and then for yeah. me to move on to that farm I mean it took I think it was on the third week that I stopped getting stomach sick and then you know Damn. I finally then asked, I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to like be the sick guy like in my first right. two weeks of working yeah. on the farm so I didn't say anything and then I brought it up when I started <laughs> feeling better and puking in private like oh, no yeah. he's good let's, yeah, let's grab the lens cool, let's <laughs> I'm good <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, also, I had, like, a hurt neck. Like, I had, like, seven herniated discs or something in my Jesus. spine or something right before I went on. And a chiropractor fixed long, me, like, right boy. before I went on. Yeah, <laughs> too long. Oh, man. It almost didn't happen because of that. I, like, woke up, like, a week early or a week before I started that job. And oh, I was like, yeah. damn, I can't move. Damn. And uh, Sarah, like, picked me up out of bed. And, and I was, like, half paralyzed. And I had a chiropractor fix me. And then I went onto the farm. And they're like, okay, this is the camera you're using. It's all going to be handheld. I'm like, cool, yeah, I got this. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. Um, but it ended up being fine. It ended up, like, my neck was fine. The probiotics, like, in the food, once my stomach got used to that and acclimated, yeah. it was, like, the best absolutely the best food i've ever had so you felt time. like once once you got over like basically the sickness i had done like a diet at one point where it was like 10 days where i kind of felt fluish and then once i got over that then i felt the best i ever felt yeah like, is that like what happened like where you yeah. like you felt like crap as your body was like getting rid of all the well you had already been eating pretty well anyway but like yeah it was getting rid of the organic like you know and yeah. then seeing like really you know yeah yeah totally i mean even organic it's like there's all sorts of yeah. loopholes in that right. you know which yeah. like you find out from working on a traditional farm like or you find out from lane. whole foods getting caught sticking organic stickers on food and <laughs> yeah, it's really exactly. not you know yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> we can well, charge way okay. more if we put this sticker yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> that was always my thought. And you're like, you never really know. But when you go to like the farmer's market and or yeah. and or like to a farm and get eggs from there, like, you know, like that just came out of that chicken mm -hmm. right there. Like and the chicken's walking around. It's not sitting in a thing like strapped in and shot with like you know steroids or hormones or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's crazy. So you got to experience what that is, and, and your, was your body, like, did you feel so much better from that food? Like, once, yeah. once you got over the hump, you, you felt... I mean, 
just the cooking in general was insane. I mean, they're yeah. like, there's professional chefs, you know, because that's what Molly is. And yeah. so there's like, right. that's who they hire. And yeah. actually our friend Jim and Jill, you know, mm-hmm. I got them a job working there as chefs for a minute also. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they were hiring like kind of the best of the best in that in that yeah. realm. So like the food itself like was just great. You know, you could pick a fruit off the tree and it was the best <laughs> fruit you ever had. Cause yeah. It was like zero pesticides. That's right. No chemicals. Yeah. Like, you know, they use compost tea instead of water uh is what they oh, water wow. the plants with you know and that's all developed with like worm waste and they don't use brondo no nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kool-aid yeah yeah put yeah. kool-aid on it yeah. too but mm, flavor it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean it was the best food best food i've ever had and the eggs especially like you'll, you might see in the film like the eggs and in the chicken process that they go through to get these like eggs Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason why they sell for as much as they do at, like, Air One. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. like, the most expensive eggs you can get. But, like... How, how much is it? $15 for, for 12? 12. Well, that's not that bad, right? Because it's just, like, a buck an egg. I mean... I mean, it's crazy compared to... To what else you'd be paying? It's three bucks yeah. for, like, a normal... Or yeah. for, like, the cheapest or whatever. But you're never going to have a better egg in your life. Yeah. Guar- like, I can guarantee The that. one was yeah. crazy, how they had that big one, and then they broke it. And, and then the one t- inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a trip. I've never yeah. seen that before. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you got to go check out this movie, The Biggest Little Farm. Um, Benji Lamfer here is my guest on the Bathroom Break podcast, and he's uh, one of the cinematographers for that film. And it's, it's just a really neat uh, look into what it takes to, um, to do this type of farming. Um, and it's, and what, what it's, it's called like, um, what what type of farming? Just kind of traditional, is what yeah. The far, so the farm is a traditional farm. In the film, John has his reasons for staying away from the title of biodynamic, mm-hmm. um, but it is a biodynamic farm. Um, yeah. The way that I was first introduced to it was it's a biodynamic, uh, biodiverse farm. Um, biodynamic being a step above organic. Yeah. Uh, in the fact that there's like zero pesticides zero chemicals um even the farms next to it that neighbor the farm were only allowed to spray their crops on non-windy days um, so at a certain time so that they were, their chemicals wouldn't blow over so yeah. there's a lot of attention put towards like keeping it chemical free and then the biodiversity comes in the way that the animals cohesively work together yeah to well, eliminate that, that as well yeah it made me think like when i when i started to see kind of how like the whole ecosystem of everything was working it made me think of that video that with the wolves in yellowstone have you ever seen that video so they talk about like how they reintroduced the gray wolf into yellowstone because it was oh, no yeah. longer there mm-hmm. and then you see like the effects of like oh well that needed to be the predator of this thing that was killing all this that was killing and it all just affected one another and i'd seen that video a few years back and it was like pretty pretty mind-blowing to see like how if one thing's off and i sort of had that mindset going in when i was watching the farm as you see if if one thing is off everything is off and so then it was like you know the 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 course of time that it took them to to figure that out to like yeah to to go okay you there's certain things that we believe are pests but they're actually good because they're doing this and they're doing that and like so learning that along the way was pretty pretty neat to see how it all kind of works together um to be able to make it yeah and i you know i came in i i moved to the farm two years ago so the film takes place over the course of eight years i think seven to eight years yeah and i came in i think around year six and 
Uh, so like a lot of that had already happened, but it was crazy to get to see it towards the end of that cycle of yeah. seeing it finally like cohesively working together. Yeah. Because it was, and it's a trip. It's like, oh wow. Uh, I mean the owls, you know, like the owls were one of the first things that I started shooting on the farm and that was like a three week project. Um, they, it, it, they gave birth to like these baby owls and they were going to fledge. And so I had a duck blind and at like nine or 10 PM at night, I'd get in this duck blind that was set up by the owls. And then I would sit there, I think from like nine until 5 AM when they would kind of slow down. Oh yeah. And I would just wait for them to like fly out and hunt, but then also for these babies to fledge. Turns out it had seven babies. <laughs> so, Damn. like, what I thought was going to be, like, maybe one or two babies and might take, like, a week to tell this story. Yeah. And we're also trying to, like, find the story between these animals. Uh, ended up being, like, you know, two and a half, almost three weeks. I think I was, like, living in this duck blind at night doing overnighters Damn. documenting these owls. And it was cool. You know, like, I really felt like I was filming something like Planet Earth. Yeah. I wasn't like capturing a snow leopard, but it yeah, was like might as well. But yeah, pretty much yeah, the yeah, snow yeah. leopard of the farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and so like, it's fun. It's like really fun focusing on something like that for that long. And the owls were like one of my, one of my favorite times on that farm because it was like these seven babies finally came out, and they didn't know any different. They didn't know, like, me was just, like, me being there was normal. Like, they yeah, didn't know any right. different. Like, I was I was their father, you know? Like, yeah. I was, like, this other thing that was, like, living amongst them. And so... Yeah, that's crazy. They let me film them no problem. Their parents would freak out. So they'd go hunt, bring, like, dead rats back or whatever they were catching. Yeah. But the babies would just come out and they'd, like, stare at me. And I could film them and got these really cool shots. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's crazy to think, like, they didn't know any different. So then that's just their world and they're like cool with you and uh -huh. then then the yeah, the parents are like, Get this crazy ass out of here with that lens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, not today, I haven't done my makeup. One <laughs> hundred to four hundred? Yeah. 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 I mean it's it's cool because I, I really like it really fit a niche that I've always liked with filmmaking, which is like very immersive filmmaking. In, in any form, I mean, whether it's like I'm filming a band, like I want to live with the band, or I, you know, in the past I've moved them into the, into our house, and yeah, you get to know them, you get to like really tell their story. It's like with Vice, you know, I've I've like been in situations where I fully immerse myself in that in yeah. that spot to tell their story, and for this, it was like a three to four month project of like immersing yourself with farm animals, you know, yeah. which is like. It doesn't get much better than that. It's just cool. You get to hang out with these, like, little lambs as they're born. And, yeah. and then they think of you as just somebody that's, like, lives yeah, with like, them, yeah, you know? And, exactly. and, like, they're not afraid of you. And and uh, so to tell those kind of stories was pretty incredible. And to, like, kind of create them as they went on. I, the big one in there, too, that I was proud of was the ducks. I won't give it totally away, but, yeah. you know, they use, they use animals to take care of pests. And the ducks... Um, they release into the into the lemon trees different row of lemon trees yeah, every yeah, day yeah, yeah. and so like when they asked me to figure out the story with that um john and i started writing it out and it was like this is kind of like a militant sort of like operation we've got going you yeah, know yeah, like yeah, yeah. this big gate comes down and these ducks just are so like amped up and excited to like get out in the morning and like, yeah yeah these, yeah and it just like come flying out and that's like so we're like, all right, this is like this is like kind of militant sort of like we want it to be like a foggy morning, and it was all like set up, you know, like yeah. but like it took I think a week and a half to 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 do that right, and we could only do it on foggy mornings, uh, 
Yeah. And so it was like picking those mornings. Like we'd have a call at like 5 a.m. It'd be like, John, it's foggy out. Like Let's we're doing do the ducks and the yeah. lemon trees, you know? And we'd get all the gear down there and we'd set up the shots. But we wanted these like epic like shots of the ducks flying out. And yeah. No, it man, cool. it was cool. The whole, the whole ride of it, it was fun. Um, my wife and I and, and our friends from out of town went and watched it. And uh, it was just, yeah, it was a really cool story all the way through. Um, but you'll, you'll have to go check it out, The Biggest Little Farm. Uh, Benji Lamfer is one of the cinematographers sitting here with me and a uh, good friend of mine and uh, and very talented um, cinematographer. So you have to check it out, man. There's some really cool shots in that. And uh, he said it's in 500 theaters. I think, yeah. And then is it, it'll be out for a little while. Do you think it'll expand more? I mean, it, it seems like a story that kind of people want to or need to hear right now. Of just yeah. like a, it's a, it's like I don't know. It covers everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like a good like heartwarming story as well as like the challenges and and, and tribulations that happen throughout life, and it, it covers all of that. And um, so yeah, check it out. That's uh, it's rad, but. But boy, let's talk about some more stuff. Oh boy! That's, uh, <laughs> no, I was just thinking, man. There's so many, so many different things. Um, yeah. I mean, you live a pretty exciting life, and and uh, and have so many different kind of uh, avenues of it. You mentioned a little bit about Vice, and um, you know, I've heard some some stories, and I've seen some of the stuff that you shot. Like there was uh, there was this one uh, piece that was on like soccer. Mm. It, it like uh, where was that? Fuck. Man, that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. It was uh, so I did I did rivalries for Viceland. Yeah. Uh, well, we did Vice World of Sports first, and then that spawned a show in itself called Rivalries because mm-hmm. like they threw me into this place. Uh, they threw me into Serbia uh, to document like the hooligans. <laughs> yeah, that was gnarly. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> wait a minute, like this is a whole different show because like this, these people are. F- fucking crazy yeah you know and like for real crazy like when you when i see it like it doesn't seem like a human was there getting the footage of it it seems like you'd be dead if you're trying to yeah. film that oh we came close <laughs> yeah know? yeah like, but that's like yeah yeah like for real you know like i think it's like you could laugh about it when you're out here talking about it because it's over right but in the mix of it it's got to be scary as shit it literally looked to me like a fucking war happened yeah. And then they wanted to play a soccer game. Yeah. Like, it, that wasn't even, like, like look, I'm from Philadelphia, so it's pretty, like, they, you know, throw ice balls at Santa Claus, that kind of feel. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going, it, they're pretty serious about their sports, but that's, like, child's play compared to what's happening over there. It legitimately looked like a war. Yeah. And then you were, like, when I was watching, you're like, yeah, they didn't even start the game yet. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, it seemed like, isn't that what would happen yeah. after? It's not whatever? even about the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about the game at like, all. gangs and, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Oh, so yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, you think, like, Bloods and Crips, like, in yeah. California. Yeah. Like, over there, it's same kind of thing. It's like, colors matter. You'll get shot in the street for wearing the wrong ones. Yeah. It, but it revolves around sports. It's like, and it's not just soccer. It's like their basketball teams. You know, we met this guy who is uh, from the United States. He was from California. Yeah. And he played basketball and he injured himself. And so he came out of, uh, I think he, he was an NBA player. Yeah. Injured himself. And then he moved to Serbia to like reheal and then got on one of their teams there. And all of a sudden he's playing Serbia, Serbian basketball and they're paying him <laughs> a ton of money. But he's like, hey, like, this is great. Like, I haven't left my house in like three weeks. Yeah. He's like, because I can't because like they'll, they'll kill me. Like, they'll. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, his gym is like in his uh, in his complex. Like, somebody grocery shops for him. That's gnarly. It's extreme to like the highest level. You know, yeah. like they're 
they're gangsters, they're mafias, and that's what they are. You know, same in like Argentina, it's uh, they're a mafia, and they run the country. Like the, I think the guy that we were, we we're kind of held up in Argentina, uh, and the guy that did that is like running the country now in, oh, in Argentina. Yeah, yeah, or he's part of that club. Man, but Serbia is like, wasn't there? There wasn't there one part where you almost got trampled. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like or something. Like yeah, you well, were running through. Like it was this crazy ass like look <clears throat> like this stampede happening. Yeah. So and you're in, running with a camera. Like that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not looking behind me. Yeah. I had like a guy behind me watching out, and then our translator luckily like broke up the fight that they were trying to start yeah. with me. Um. So in Serbia, they gather. Uh, in this like wooded area in this parking lot and like before they even get there you know there's probably like a couple hundred cops on horses like they're ready yeah it's been happening for years it's the derby so it's it's the rivalry like the rivalry of the year happens once a year they come together and have like a meeting in the woods of like 10,000 men mostly all men dressed in black with like shaved heads they look like white supremacists like Total. It's it's kind of like a but white power like, kind of yeah. like thing. Too. Oh, oh, it is it's trippy. Yeah, uh. in a way, but it's not. You know, it's oh, like yeah. y- you'll if you watch the episode, it's you look it up. It's like uh, the Derby, Serbia's Derby. It's on Viceland. I think it's okay. on, parts of it are on YouTube. Yeah, and so they, yeah, they were gathering in the woods, and I was trying this move that I did back when like you know jackass stuff and and filming pranks like i called it decoying where you like put somebody like if you're there i'd have the camera and i'd pretend like i was like talking to you and filming you but i'd be like shooting over your shoulder to get like steal shots off in the distance Mm -hmm. because our our translator was like whatever you do just don't go in there like that's the lion's den yeah yeah, (laughs) and it was you know and i was like okay we're gonna go get those shots yeah. yeah and so i went in and uh set up my decoy like have a guy standing there and i'm shooting past him and then all of a sudden this like crowd comes from out of the woods and sneaks up on us and like grabs my lens and then me and they start taking us down and uh they're just Uh, yelling and i don't know what they're saying you know it's like (laughs) serbian yeah yeah and uh the translator comes running over and he's like saves my ass like pushes him off me he's like saying whatever he's saying pulls him back and then he's like you can't be in here and so like we pull back and then before the game they do a march and there's like at least there's like 10,000 people marching to the stadium to the rivalry stadium and they all come marching forward and I was marching backwards filming it and you know I was probably like 25 yards away and another camera operator was like hey man I'm with them you're not if any one of them doesn't like you they're gonna run at you or they'll trip you whatever they want to do from like the sides or from the front and then they're all gonna like stomp on you so like get the hell out of here and be very careful yeah and you know took like another 25 yards back and we still filmed the entire thing of them coming down yeah but it was intense man it was super intense i looked over at our producer uh dan bradley and he was like we had a movie and he was squeezing that thing so hard (laughs) and he was red and he was like oh oh, man i remember looking at him he looked like he was gonna poop he was just like oh you know i was like this is great i love that yeah and uh and that's what led into that riot right before the stadium so they like fight you know they like the other right. team marches the other way. They march that way. It's like shooting flare guns. All I mean, there was like it yeah. was smoky. Like it was like crazy looking. Yeah, they have things planted like all over the place, you know. And, yeah. and they just collide like 
in old school war, you know, and they just Damn. battle until it gets broken up and it's hard to break up because they just you don't get into that mess, you know? Yeah. I don't want any parts of that. No. I don't even want to watch it. I felt yeah. intimidated. It's <laughs> just watching the video of it was making me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It took attention off me, which is great. So then I yeah. can like kind of do my thing and film all that happening. Yeah. That's um, cool. It, it's funny how you get energized by that stuff. Like I totally don't like where I did, uh, I did this little documentary in Haiti and that's what ended up leading to, um, me and my wife starting the nonprofit right, and doing yeah. that stuff. But when I was down there, like, um, we were filming this thing and we were trying to like basically push our way into this this like nonprofit place or whatever and they were armed guys screaming at us in Creole pointing shotguns at us yeah and like I, I just thought to myself I'm like this, this is how you get shot because I don't know what the fuck that dude's saying and he doesn't know what I'm saying and he thinks I'm armed so he's, yeah. sh he's pointing a sawed off shotgun at me but I'm looking through the viewfinder and it just looks like a movie and you're like oh cool that's Nate he's <laughs> yeah. about to shoot me and then then like when yeah. you put your eye off you're like oh this <laughs> yeah, is real like, life this is great yeah that's what happens when you're behind a camera yeah. that's what's dangerous you yeah know? as you know you kind of have a detached sort of uh, yeah. version of reality when you're filming because you're behind the camera and yeah. you're looking at it like you're watching TV but you're creating it but it's like it. a lot of times it's not until you put the camera down that you realize like what happened was kind of crazy and it could have really like yeah gotten you shot well that's exactly it I, I uh, right after that like I kind of like came to reality with it yeah and then by the time we got out of there is when like the adrenaline and everything kicked in then i started getting freaked out by it but it was after and it's like i could have already been shot by now yeah <laughs> you know like that was like you don't even notice it and that and that it is like just those are those moments where those like language barriers they think you're doing something you're not even really doing that but mm -hmm. they think it and then somebody squeezes a trigger and something bad happens and uh yeah that's Dude, you the, never know what it takes yeah and you never know what it takes yeah for them just to like pull that trigger you know yeah like i admire you for doing that because I, I prefer to be on like just cozy little sets where people are getting you starbucks yeah <laughs> you know, that's what i was doing this week we did uh we i, I worked on um between two ferns as that galvanized you just did thing. that yeah this no week way. and then um and then i did um the david letterman uh my next guest oh yeah and uh and those, yeah, I like that world yeah, <laughs> a lot better yeah. than having shotguns. Yeah, that's a little more safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was pretty neat doing that. But uh, but yeah, those kind of shows are 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 more my speed. But you're uh, you're like adrenaline junkie, and you love getting into that that um, those yeah. crazy things, which is amazing because obviously, like those are the those are the really interesting things to watch. I mean, of course, I love between two ferns and i love david letterman stuff like it's fun those are funny yeah. but but the stories that you pull out are like incredible and and it takes a lot of guts to go in and do that kind of stuff um i'm a chicken and not able to do that yeah. kind of stuff but but it's it's rad that you do it and uh and it's amazing really because um the biggest little farm is is probably a little more safe but still you see in the movie like not necessarily because what went down uh -huh. is dangerous as hell and everybody could have really had their lives uh -huh. you know at risk at that point but but uh even more so with the vice stuff that you do 
it's just crazy. I mean, hearing mm-hmm. some of those stories, I remember you told me that like you wrote goodbye letters at times. <laughs> it's like, yeah. dude, yeah. you know, like, like I said, for me, I'm like, um, yeah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go sit and like, you know, have catering. <laughs> I don't look forward to those times, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not something I look forward not to. Not that you look forward to, but I mean, you, you kind of have the guts to, to put yourself in that spot. I, I like, and, I like pulling those stories out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I think that's, like, the niche that I found, you know? Like, it wasn't something that I knew until recently, until I was put into that position, you know? Like, yeah. I've been filming since I was 14 and doing similar stuff to you, and that's kind of how we bonded. Yeah. Uh, that and just... Um, and Turbo Negro. And Turbo Negro, <laughs> yeah. being a, in a tight leather suit, <laughs> yeah. and then, I mean, <laughs> and then dating, dating shortly after for yeah, yeah. nine months. <laughs> Going know? on and, the whole tour of... <laughs> <laughs> Benji took me on a uh, uh, on like a whole trip on the weekend, and we did all the romantic things that him and his girlfriend <laughs> did, and then then showed the photos, and she was like, "Hey, what you?" Took him to that spot. You stood on the same rock in <laughs> yeah. Big Sur that we stood on to take a photo. Yeah, so uh, uh, we so, should go into that story quick. Yeah, yeah. I know. I found the romance that is Benji, <laughs> and, uh, and he really romanced me. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. You're yeah. fresh meat out in California, yeah. so we had to uh, throw some salt on that. Yeah. You know, cook you up a little bit. Uh huh. Uh huh. God, that was so much. That was so much fun when we had that going. Yeah, we uh, we had his girlfriend questioning whether or not. He was in love with me as well. We were. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, she believed it yeah. pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah, my girlfriend's like, she's a bit gullible. And uh, <laughs> and for some reason, she okay, she, she was working at the bar at the time. She's a full-time makeup artist now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the time, she was doing both. And she was at this bar. And at that time, like, we had just been, like, hanging out when she wasn't home. Like, you were yeah. editing... Um, Borrowed happiness. Clackety yeah. plam yeah, at my yeah. house. <laughs> totally, <laughs> so, totally killer. Totally killer. <laughs> and you were uh, you're literally here every night. And yeah. I don't know how you miss like she missed you every single yeah. night. Like so it just like after a couple of months of Sarah not meeting you and us hanging out, yeah. She got this version of us being gay in her head. Yeah. And we played along with it because mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, we're totally gay. <laughs> and and so, so I started recording all of it and filming the conversations and like, yeah. and as you know, like, you know, every Sunday we'd go play volleyball with Jim and Jill at the beach and yeah. then we'd go back and have art night and make dinner. Sarah was never there because she always worked Sundays. <laughs> yeah. We went we're on a painting, road paintings trip together. together paintings, and... <laughs> like everything that we would yeah. ever do. And then we even took it as far as like having other people post about it on social media so yeah. it was like you know <laughs> our friends were then posting pictures of us flying what they kites thought. We were fly- and, yeah. yeah we were flying kites or parasailing yeah and so they would just tag <laughs> us in it and then it'd show up on facebook while she was at work and yeah. like from the bathroom she'd be like what the fuck is going on <laughs> are you gay i know i've been dating you for four and a half years i think i should know if you're gay i'm like what do you got against gay people yeah and the whole well, that like- was the best is that like <laughs> you made it so like as if she was being uh, homophobic phobic like you t- turned it on to her and was like well what do you got against gay people she's like nothing like what and then you know like so she's trapped yeah. either way like yeah. she's just trying to get the straight answer yeah. of like what's going on and then you're making her out to be this like like bad person yeah. for and she's like no i don't know stop i, I don't, love gay people yeah like I'm what like, are you talking about like just it's just love. that i should know like if you're having like a gay affair behind my back yeah. like and, yeah. And, yeah so she was yeah she was uh trying to figure that out yeah and, and like you said she's gullible so you could kind of really just twist it and turn it and then she's like 
but she she couldn't tell if she should be mad, but didn't want to be mad because didn't want to seem like bad, like, uh-huh. like like. And then she's in a weird spot because then as she you know is like she was losing either direction. Dude, and, it was so great. Yeah, it was funny. And it then when so she great. finally came over and I finally met her, we were uh, we were, out with a we were on a couple's <laughs> night because it was like there was a gay couple and then me and Benji and then Jill and Jim, yeah. our friends that are chefs, and they were like cooking for us and it was like an art night. And then Sarah's like, no, I'm coming over. And you're like, nah, we're good. Like, we're hanging. We'll, yeah, we're we'll about see to you leave. tomorrow. It's like 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm taking off scene. You like, shouldn't come. <laughs> I am coming down there. What's the address? Yeah. I'll be there in 15 yeah. minutes. It doesn't matter where you are. I'm coming and I'll be there in 15. <laughs> Just then, all fired up, like, yeah. coming down, like, I'm going to catch Just something. Cruella DeVille, yeah, yeah. like, down the road. <laughs> Shows up to the house yeah. and then walks in, and it's like, it's perfect. It's like Jim and Jill, yeah. a gay couple, you know, the two guys. They're sitting, sitting on each other's lap, and then you and I are right next to each other mm-hmm. on the couch. I think we were holding pinkies or something. You yeah, know? yeah. She like came in. It was like, oh. And like, I, you, I don't think you told Jill and Jim that she was coming, so that when like the door opened, they were kind of like, oh, hey, oh. hey, oh. And then like, yeah, yeah. And we're like oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. and then <laughs> and it made it so awkward. And then when we finally left, I was yeah. like, well, she's like, are you coming? You're coming home with me, right? And I was like, well, I came with I Rab. Came with so. Rab. And and you're like it's all right just keep going there I was like I'll ride with you next time and we like gave like this really yeah, like, like a nice weird warm long hug. hug yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's good because I'm uh, so short and he's like a foot taller and then you're just I'm just hugging into yeah. the into the midsection but uh, but no man that was a lot of fun and 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 funny and we had all these grand aspirations of doing things so that she would walk in on S and M and weird uh, stuff but we're gonna be hot yeah. tied oiled up to the bed yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun so that was how I met Sarah and and mm-hmm. that. And that's your girlfriend, and she um, she's an incredible makeup artist. She um, she does a lot of work in the industry, all types of cool stuff. And uh, she had done some stuff for the Oscars this year, and and uh, yeah, no, so she did. She's done some amazing stuff, and and just continues to uh, just evolve in her craft as well. And it's pretty neat because both of you are like. Mm-hmm. Uh, creative people and and doing fun stuff and and it's been fun to get to know her and now she's in on the joke so it's it's a lot of fun to kind of you know joke around about that stuff and and uh, but was it ever a joke? <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, not to get off on a totally different thing, but I was thinking when you were talking just kind not of to about be totally straight here for yeah, a yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> forward never straight, uh, but. But um, but yeah, I, like uh, I was thinking about the adventurous kind of work that you do, yeah. and uh, not too long ago you did the Iditarod, which mm. is pretty incredible. Um, I wanted to hear a little bit about it. I had heard a couple little stories, but but um, I I think everybody knows what the Iditarod is, but it's that it's the dog sled race. Um, yeah, I don't know if everybody does, but it's uh yeah. So the Iditarod is a is it's known as the last amazing race, and that's because it's this thousand mile. Uh, race with sled dogs across the Arctic that happens in Alaska. I think it's been almost 50 years now. Damn, a thousand um, miles, dude. That's like uh, that's a third of the country. Like, yeah, in the U.S. Like if you're going straight across. Yeah, you're not going through like the Midwest either. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like the South where it's nice and warm and cozy. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so is there like avalanche things that happen? Like, in, as far as like, because I mean, obviously it's it's through the snow and, and yeah. the, the weather has got to be insane. It's I mean, what is it? It's like below zero. I feel like the temperatures. 
Usually, right? You said, yeah. but this year was was oddly warm, which made it harder or something? Yeah. I mean, have you seen White Fang? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the queue. <laughs> Can we queue that up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like White Fang. Yeah. Uh, it's it's I mean it's the Arctic yeah it's it's supposed to be really cold uh, yeah I did it last year also and we kind of leapfrogged along we didn't do the entire race we did enough to feel like we did but like I realized after doing the whole thing this year that there was a lot we had yeah. missed um and this year yeah I mean you know Alaska filming in Alaska for the last five years like I've been pretty well uh, accustomed to very very cold temperatures like down to negative eighty yeah. Uh, and you know, <laughs> I was thinking we were going to experience 80. that. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. That's <laughs> just really cool. Just taking this and flipping it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, growing up in Minnesota, it was, yeah. you know, we get down to like negative 30, maybe okay. a little bit less than that. And yeah. so like, that's pretty kind of normal from where I grew up. Alaska, like that's pretty normal all the time in the winter time. Yeah. And then it's like double that, you know, it, it, or It's more. normally like negative 30. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's I mean, in the winter time, it'll get pretty much like that. Yeah. Like that's not like extreme. That's not too much for <laughs> Alaska. You know, it's like not extreme. That yeah. sounds so crazy. Yeah. And so when you think like the Iditarod and when we're thinking of like this full thousand miles that we were doing across the Arctic, uh, it's already in my head that like, you're going to run into that. Um, because like at just some point like we're gonna hit a snowstorm we hit a blizzard we're gonna you know yeah you're there for i think it takes nine days about eight to nine days for the winner's bracket and like the top like 10 people usually show up within nine day eight or nine days in the finish line in nome Mm -hmm. um and we were riding with a guy named jesse holmes who's on a show called life below zero that we document and uh, so we're kind of just with him filming his experience through the entire race. And last year he did, uh, it was his first race. He got seventh place, rookie of the year. Damn. And the 25th. Out of how, that, how many people? Uh, there were 60 people. And then he got seventh? That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It really, that's First really time he ever did it? Ever or, did I mean, it. like, did he, does he, does he train before he even yeah, does it? Yeah, he, he races dogs. So, he, yeah, he's a, okay. like a dog musher. So he, you know, like he's he just hopped out there. Of, Let's give it a shot. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like, know how to, like. Yeah. 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 He, he just hopped on and grabbed some, like, street dogs. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. All right. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, damn. He's Give natural. me a knife. I'm going to need that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going. Yeah. Uh No, but, yeah, his story is crazy, too, because he was, uh. You know, he was, like, hopping trains not that long ago. Like, he was, like, a transient, like, in L.A. at one point and Damn. hopping trains and, like, Some homeless pretty kid. much. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And made his way up to Alaska, and that was his dream was to race dogs and be a dog musher. So, for him, you know, the Iditarod is the Super Bowl of that. Yeah, for sure. And it's, like, the Super Bowl in Alaska. So, everywhere else, you know, except for, like, these Arctic-type places like Norway and, like, you know, some European countries and Alaska is, like... When this happens, it's like everybody's there for yeah. it. You know, it's it's this huge, huge event. You know, and people are like tailgating, like you would at the Super Bowl. Like people have these giant bonfires in the middle of the ice. Like everybody Damn. comes out for it. Yeah, all these little villages and it, and that that's kind of what's like the coolest part about it is that you're going across the Arctic into like villages that you would never ever see ever in Alaska. There's no way to get to these places. Uh, there's not even a road. You know, like yeah, you have to okay. get there by dog mushing. Like you have yeah. to get there by like a sled dog team. Yeah, that's wild. And so you show up in these little villages that like, this is the highlight of their year, you know? And then you get these like dog mushers that come through that, uh, you know, everybody knows who they are. 
I don't know who the hell they are. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting to know them because like now it's our second year. Yeah. Uh, but you come in and they, they it's, but it's they cool. got fans and stuff. Yeah, yeah not only yeah. them, but the dogs have fans. Wow. So the dogs are like they know the names of the dogs. Damn. You know, like the dogs are on covers of magazines and like <laughs> there's write ups about the dogs. Yeah. You know, and That's so crazy. like you come in and you're coming in with a pack of fourteen dogs. And the villagers are just as excited to see, like, the dog musher as they are to see the dogs. They get pumped, yeah. you know? And uh, and that's pretty cool to see. And what was cool about this year is we did the full 1,000 miles, which meant stopping in all these little villages, every single one of them, with the, the dog teams. Okay. And getting to see these people get all excited about yeah. it. Yeah. During the race. During the yeah, race, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But nice. it was... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was cha- it was so challenging. Like it was the most challenging shoot I've had. I know. I mean, I feel like it would be hard just to do it, but then you add camera packages and like all that. Like it's oh, like, oh man, like because because I whenever you see that kind of those kind of things, it's like damn, like that person that's racing the race is like that's hard, and you, no one thinks about the person holding the camera it's yeah. the hardest for them yeah. because they got to do everything that the that they're all doing plus work and focus and yeah. focus lenses and and like and just their your gears falling apart while well, because well, you're in negative 80 degrees and this and like all of that all the elements that go into that while you're working that i mean it's really difficult i i watched that um ultimate expedition thing that like um steve-o and yuka did and uh-huh. like that too you're like you're summiting this mountain and it's like no one's thinking about that person holding that camera and the person holding the boom mic like yeah. and that is like awful because you got 30 to 35 pounds on your shoulder or you got uh you know like a, a field mixer on your waist and it's like dude that on top you know yeah just being a person getting on the sled is hard but oh, then yeah. throw the extra Especially when you're weight. dressed like the kid from the Christmas story. You know, <laughs> yeah, like you yeah, look yeah, like a yeah, starfish. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't move. Yeah. You have so many layers on. And this was a little bit better than normal. Uh, but yeah, you're totally right. I mean, it's like, it's, uh, and not only like, do we, are we documenting him, but we have another show called Life Behind Life Below Zero. So they want us to document, document our experience document. like you were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really should have another team doing that. that alone. So you got to do that and that. Yeah. Oh, okay, so now wow. we're miking ourselves up as well, and we're yeah. filming our experience through the entire trail, which on this one was really fun because it was like beginning to end. Yeah. And so it was it was like getting snippets of that, but it was also very challenging because for many reasons. I mean, the first like two days of filming, we didn't sleep. You know, we did forty hours not sleeping. Yeah. Going into the race. Uh, 40 hours right into it? Right off the bat, yeah. Uh, we went across the finish line. We didn't sleep for 40 hours and then shit. took a 20-minute nap and then did another, like, 30-hour day. Uh, and I'm, you know, I was DPing it and producing. Yeah. And then I'm also, you know, doing sound. You know, I'm a sound guy. So there's oh, just man. a team of three so of us. One so man, there's a lot man. to focus on. Yeah. And then the media at the end of the day, like, making sure all the cards, like, it's GoPro heavy. There's, like, five GoPros, you know, and, like, yeah. taking care of that. And so, like, not sleeping and all that is one thing. And then working off of that and, like, you're hallucinating on, like, day three. Yeah. Uh, that was new. Who <laughs> hallucinated yet? And then you're filming, like, you're trying to, like, film this race that, um you're just in like the most extreme elements you know like when you do get a nap you're like you're napping on a on in the snow like you just throw like your negative 40 degree sleeping bag into the snow <laughs> dig like a little hole and oh, like cover your eyes and rest you know yeah. but you're resting in the middle of the day 
and, and you won't like freeze or whatever like when you're no i mean you okay. can yeah yeah but i mean like i was saying like this one was pretty exceptionally warm for the iditarod and for alaska so like you know global warming like yeah. it was it doesn't exist but go ahead doesn't exist yeah <laughs> but uh, but no but i mean like the negative 40 <clears throat> sleeping bag is protection enough like that you won't freeze yeah in that? so for the i mean i just i wouldn't take off my clothes so i would be in yeah. full layers and, and then, the negative the, 40 yeah. and then i just wrap myself like okay you know yeah with things that i know crazy. how to do with like hand warmers in the bottom of the bag or foot warmers and things like yeah. that and then you got batteries dying because like it's so cold yeah. and things, you know like there's so many different like elements to it yeah um but we have like the best people on it yeah and ever, that, that seems like a, just a rad challenge to kind of like see that you could do it you know like, oh and i love that yeah 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 and i know that about you that's what i mean like you do those things that kind of take it to the next level of challenging yourself to yeah. to make a film or a documentary or whatever it is that you're doing and it's like it is it's super challenging stuff which is cool and it's mm -hmm. it's awesome to like witness that as your friend and and see oh damn this is the next thing that he's doing it's fun to to be uh like a spectator of that you yeah. know um like me i'd probably be bitching and moaning the whole time it was cold like god i gotta yeah. sleep in this mat you know yeah. <laughs> so i'll i'll be on the uh, set with the starbucks it's not for but, everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but, yeah. but but it's so cool that you do it and like that you have that because you are you're just you're a super adventurous person mm -hmm. and i think um like you know like my adventure consists of like let's go camping like you know in the backyard yeah 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 <laughs> versus, in my versus bed. like yeah 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 versus like let's go sleep in a sleeping bag in negative 40 degrees in on the Iditarod like that's pretty incredible um but you mentioned a little bit about another show, Life Below Zero, mm -hmm. which you are DP of that show, uh, and you've done multiple seasons of that show, right? And, yeah. and so you're up in Alaska shooting that show, and that's is that Nat Geo or yeah? Okay, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. So what's that like? Like what's I that mean, like? it's 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 what got me into documentary filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. I owe a lot to that show and my friend Oliver, Ollie. who's yeah. who's passed. You know, yeah. Um, he fought for me to get onto that show and just thought it would be a right fit, and he was right. Yeah, I hadn't quite found my niche, and I think you and I have spoke about it a little bit. Yeah, it's like you know, you day play a little bit. You move to LA, you don't have consistent work. You're freelancing. You day play. Uh, you get yeah. into some like reality tv get into some like amazing content yeah yeah beautiful content <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get yeah. to be so creative when uh -huh. you shoot people throw shoes at each other yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and it kind of you know at that time it was really defeating me as far as a filmmaker being like yeah damn it's like, challenging i think because I, I i bounce that line of like of like okay i gotta work so yeah. i just gotta take whatever's happening versus like i want to work on something that i'm excited about like like i said you do mm -hmm. between two ferns and like that's hilarious and it's right. fun and you're like yeah that's fun to do like um and we'll talk more you've done some really cool stuff with tim and eric and those things you know and uh and uh -huh. and um sasha baron cohen's uh thing and so you do all those things too and and like you've really fallen into a, a place where you're working on the stuff that you want to work on and that's and that's uh, there's a lot to be said for that because um like i said i i you know find myself on some shows where you know uh, it's a paycheck and yeah. you, you know that it is and people know that it is but you do what you're doing because you need to yeah. make a living but um mm -hmm. but when you do get onto the ones 
that you're excited about you could just feel the the, the energy shift and and how much uh different that is for you and and it's so important because you spend so many hours on set and you spend so much of your life doing that stuff if you're if you're doing the things where they're throwing shoes at each other it's it's like really soul sucking and you and you kind of are like oh god of course sometimes you just have to do it and and you you know it, it beats the alternative of like you know, for for me personally, if I had to do some like you know like an office job every day or whatever, I I, I might go crazy on that. So, so it beats that alternative. But when you get on a, a fun show that you're like, man, the energy's rad. Like, it it's like uh, it's energizing rather than soul sucking in in mm-hmm. terms of just being like psyched on what you're doing and and like excited to see the finished product. It's really rare that you like go hey i want to check this out you know like yeah. after you finish working on it, you're like i'm gonna watch I'm the gonna episode watch that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah like that's pretty rare so it's pretty neat to watch because yeah. like like i said i mean you've been killing it for years now um just on projects like that like on the biggest little farm and and all the vice stuff and life below zero and and then um just to jump over to that like sasha baron cohen mm. um that what is the show called the Amer- america america yeah like yeah. Uh, who is america yeah. yeah i mean i remember because you were you were you were quiet about it but you you had talked to me a little bit of just like hey i'm on this but i gotta be like i can't say anything about what it is but yeah. i'm on this show that's pretty cool and blah 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 it's and then cool. yeah 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 and i was like i was like cool and then and then they come to find out like you gave me and asha uh, my wife uh um like tickets to go to see the the screening, uh, the screening yeah. thing and that was rad because we went in and saw the who is america like yeah. i didn't really know what i was even going to see i think you mentioned briefly before like oh it's it's a new project that sasha baron cohen's working on so i knew that much information going in and then you sit down and saw like you know him doing what he does best because he's he's genius at kind of poking fun at you know the hypocrisies and the, and the ridiculous uh-huh. Um, you know things that that go on in America, but also in the world, and and uh, it was hilarious and fun to see that, and uh, and so like you get to work on that cool stuff, dude. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah it was a dream come true. That one. Yeah, and and so was that like you had known somebody and they brought you in, or mm-hmm. you had like because you had hadn't you worked with them before on something? Or? Yeah. So Chris Darnell is who brought me in. He DP'd that. Yeah. And uh, him and I. I met him here at the castle, so yeah, nice. this place. Uh, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Are, are we sitting at a castle? <laughs> In that wide shot there. Uh, I've lived here for nine years. Uh, so yeah. when I moved from Santa Cruz, I moved into the castle. Yeah. And when I moved into the castle, I moved in with Adam and Lisa, who you know. And yeah. Lisa is known for being on America's Next Top Model. Yeah. And she was uh, doing a show, like a, a show about her at the castle, and we were all kind of involved. Yeah. And so I just naturally just walked into this like part of like that that situation house, in that yeah. situation, and they were filming us, and it was our friend Jamar and a bunch of other friends, and then this guy Chris Darnell. So I actually met Chris while he was filming me here as yeah. a, as a character on this on this like show that was okay. just ended up being a pilot. Yeah. But I would just take Chris and we'd go have fun. I'd take like a saucer and we'd go sliding down the Hollywood Hills with like yeah. a medieval helmet and a stick and we'd just be like whacking stuff, you know? Yeah. And we just had a good time together. And so I, it was like a year later, he called me to come and work with him on, on some comedy stuff. He's like, he does a lot of Comedy Central. Yeah. Uh, we ended up doing Tim and Eric together. Yeah. Um, did a bunch of Tim and Eric. And then 
it was great because like I you know rarely got to work with him because I then went to National Geographic and Vice and was full on with that. But I would hop off when he gave me these like crazy offers, and they were always yeah. like he knew like what I liked and what we like to work on together. Yeah. And so it would just be like random. Like I think four years ago he called me and was like, "Hey man, do you want to take like I know I just know when he calls it's going to be an adventure, you know?" And, yeah. And this one back then was like, "Hey man." I got this, like, we're going to do this thing with these comedians. How do you feel about, like, going 900 miles down the Mississippi River on jet skis? Oh, yeah, I remember days that thing, yeah. For this thing for Comedy Central yeah. as, like, a as, like, a charity for, you know, delivering goats and chickens to Africa. It was called Roustabout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that I was thing like, was hell yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. You know, I took off time, and we did that. We went from Chicago to New Orleans on jet skis, <laughs> and we filmed, like, a comedy troupe go down the river jet ski the entire thing and yeah. do comedy shows along the way and it was great and so with no exception who is america which we didn't know that was the name at the time um got brought up to me a couple years ago and he called me and he was like i have this project blah 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 uh i can't tell you what it is just trust me on this one i'm gonna send you an nda <laughs> sign it yeah. and just say yes you know yeah. and i had just done the biggest little farm i just gotten off the farm i had yeah. Like been wanting I was like eager to get back into traveling again get back in like with Vice and like yeah, all yeah. of a sudden this project was like he approached me with this project and after I heard who it was and what it was gonna be I was like oh shit yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah Sasha Baron Cohen yeah, is lucky like and, my social yeah. not social uh, like uh, comedic like hero you yeah, know yeah and and so to get to work with him was it was insane and yeah. in from day one it was just like okay like this is like Borat all over again, but like he's tackling political. Yeah. And in, so many different characters and yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what was cool about it was like, he, uh, he took a liking to me right away. Cause I was tall. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. likes tall people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so we really got along I'm and it, it was really odd. Cause like <laughs> yeah. he used to go to the bathroom with me a lot in between shoots and he'd ask <laughs> me like, is this funny? You know, and I'm like, we just be peeing. I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty funny. Just you I'm like, peeing yeah, funny or no, what you're like, doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh, he's like, he's like, show me a dick. Is this this funny? funny? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, he was, he was asking if like the bit was funny, like, and and he kind of confided in me a little bit with, with like seeing like how it was looking on camera, but asking if it was coming across funny. Yeah. And to me, I was like, dude, you're Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, you know, if this is funny, like you are. Yeah, but even, even like those people, like even like the best of the best Mm -hmm. are still slightly insecure about whether it's working. But to me, it was just like my like 10 year old self was just like, holy shit, you know, like, yeah. Uh, it's cool it, to be in that spot and be like, I get the first hand look at this. Yeah. And get to kind of, you I know, see how it happens. Yeah. And also, like, be uh, supportive to yeah. him and saying, like, yeah, this is rad. This is working. Or maybe we tried it that way or whatever. You know, like, because there are things like that. I think as a camera guy, you uh, you can see why certain things work certain ways or whatever. Yeah. And you kind of, you are the very first eye on it yeah it's like that's kind of getting to see that and that's a very special project where you it's not a film set i mean it is but it's a hidden film set yeah yeah and it's very very it's intimate on a, on a different level yeah i mean because yeah. we're in that room with him and there's just two cameras in him yeah and the director will come in every once in a while who's also in character we were in character at least i was feeling like i was in character yeah. like i would dress different you know i had like these short khaki shorts on i had to nerd myself up a bunch oh a yeah bunch. that was his <laughs> note on like day one like you look too cool like cut your hair 
was like, I'll put it in a ponytail, you know? And yeah. then grew out my beard a little bit so you couldn't see me smiling. And then I usually put something in my mouth to stop me from any kind of grinning, you know, so yeah. I could chew on something. Because, like, you're literally in front of, like, some of the funniest situations you could ever be involved with. Yeah, and that I think it's tough, too, in those situations to not listen but listen because you have to listen to see where where this is taking you especially if if you depending on your coverage you have to be listening to what's happening but if you listen too close to what's happening you're gonna crack up laughing or whatever so you also have to like not listen like i learned that a lot with with d camillo when i used to just do a bunch of scenes with brandon because he's super funny and it was really hard to like so i wouldn't i'd listen but not listen so I'd listen to where the inflection of the tone and things are shifting. So where maybe I needed to say something, but I would not listen to what's being said. I would just listen so to that. You wouldn't to, laugh. Yeah. yeah. So you just listen to like the, the cadence and the things like that and not listening to what's being said. And actually the other day with Galifianakis on the two ferns thing was the same thing. Like mm-hmm. he's funny as shit. And so you just like have to like sort of not listen to what's being said and just do that same thing of like hearing the cadence or hearing what's happening, doing this and like not listening to the exact words because the exact words are going to like, uh-huh. like you don't want to be that dude that's just like, <laughs> and it's like, Oh, sorry. And then <laughs> you, you know? blow it. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't, yeah. you actually just can't. So you have to like learn to not do that. So it's gotta be like, oh, I mean, same similar thing, yeah. with him. I mean, yeah. you can't on a level of like, you're going to blow this, like and it might get dangerous. OJ Simpson's yeah. here today. And, yeah. uh, we've got 26 hidden cameras in, Right. The penthouse of this like hotel in yeah. Las Vegas and it's cost you know, it's like a million dollar Yeah, day, so you gotta shut you know? that off. <laughs> but also well, there's a lot of people here involved. Yeah, yeah, and OJ yeah. Simpson showed up, which we weren't sure if he was, and now he's in here and like <laughs> You're, yeah. If you're gonna be the one laughing in the closet, like you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you're not yeah, just yeah. out, but like yeah, that's yeah, like but yeah. that's bad news, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's cool. That's right, man. So um, Tim and Eric as well. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Oh, I mean, all those guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, huge fan of what he does, and it is it's incredible. And then Tim and Eric for me, I love them so much because they're so weird, and and I love weird like that is Hell the yeah. stuff that works for me. Where other people are like, I don't know what they're talking about. Or it's just too weird. I'm like, oh, it's not weird enough. Like, yeah, that's kind of like weirder. my parameter for friends, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, like, put what that do you think on. Of I'm this? like, do you like that? Okay, cool. <laughs> we can hang out. <laughs> we'll hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. you're not into that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Tim and Eric was like, uh, Man, we did we did a couple really funny ones. One that like it, they put a blooper episode up. It's uh, you can look it up. It's called Doctor Warheim. Yeah, they're playing Doctor Tim and Eric were, and, and they're <laughs> in like this old porn set that yeah. like was this old. It had like glory holes. It was like a, this old Doctor <laughs> set with like showers yeah. and it had glory holes in it and all kinds of like weird things happening. Yeah, and then there they are like playing Doctor. And they were trying to shoot like eight episodes <laughs> in this afternoon, and I think we got three done because they couldn't stop laughing. Oh, that's awesome. And then because they were laughing, like we were laughing. Yeah. And then it created an entire episode in itself. It's episode four, Dr. Warheim, and it's a full on blooper episode. It's Just like five all, minutes yeah, long. Yeah, I'll crack up. And I actually yeah. bit a hole through my lip during that one because oh, I was trying so hard man. not to get like. Yeah, it was another one of those situations. Like, you can't laugh because they're going to laugh. And, and right. so, like, I literally bit a hole in my lip. I'm like yeah. just biting down. It was so funny. <laughs> um, but that episode, to the day, I think I've never laughed harder. Man, that's rad. And it was incredible. 
Yeah. So uh, what do you got lined up? Like what's happening now? Um, are you going to get back in? Are you so talking about the fact that you do comedy world, Sasha Baron Cohen, Tim and Eric, those things. And then you also do these to- crazy adventurous type shows. The biggest little farm is in theaters right now. Um, and then are you are is your goal now to get back on the road and travel more and do these adventurous yeah, things so, yeah. or are you like heading in the comedy world for a minute yeah i i kind of just let it happen yeah you know? whatever's going yeah i mean and that's kind of like how freelance works but like you know vice i was really lucky to be in with vice and i did the vice on hbo weekly show for four years it's the kids canceled now so that's like that was a huge portion of like my traveling yeah like i was gone all the time oh yeah and And you were in like 75 countries in like you know a month and you're like holy what yeah you're like here i am over here (laughs) (laughs) i was waking up in countries and i didn't remember like yeah you know because it was like yeah we i did 350 flights in two years wow Uh, we we were keeping track of them yeah and there was a point in time that it was like Damn! <laughs> like, where <laughs> yeah, am I? Yeah, I was in Italy real. yesterday. Where yeah. am I going again today? And what's the story? And it was amazing. I mean, it was just like cruising with best friends, telling awesome stories. Yeah. Uh, making I felt like what content like content that like mattered. Yeah. Um, the show was incredible. Um, so it, yeah, it got canceled this year. So it's it's done now. So that was like a huge portion of my travel. Um always looking to travel though you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean if i get on something like that great if not like i always have you know something happening and happening it seems like and it Dude. hasn't really slowed down which i'm super fortunate for because it tends to be projects i love yeah well, that's um, awesome well thanks for coming on the bathroom break podcast and uh if you're listening check out the biggest little farm that's uh one of his most recent projects that is out in theaters right now benji lamfer here just hanging out at the castle yeah. <laughs> Let's go do some nightly things. Yeah. (laughs) All right, boy. Take this over. (laughs) Yeah, let's go swimming. (laughs) Sweet.